This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian, tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal from Lord Bohinen! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. DPR could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for his interlead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noel Whelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Taibbi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, he hasn't. No. Hello, and welcome back to Quickly Kevin Will He Score with me, Josh Whittacombe. Chris Cole. And Michael Martin. We are back for a series of um, specials. And we've invented a new way of introducing the show. What's the new way of introducing the show? Well, you've gone first. We've said our name individually, but we just did it off the cuff and it worked. It really caught me off Have guard. Have we never done that before? Well, that's what pre-season is all about, isn't it? Yeah. Trying new things out. What did we so- do previously? Well, I, I would go, hello, welcome to Kevin Willey Score with Josh Whittacombe. And some some oh, witty quip. Written, have you written something? No, I haven't. I'm oh, glad. So I saved your bacon. <laughs> you saved my bacon. I was actually glad. It's an awful start, really. That's what pre-season's for. It's not for trying new things. It's for ironing out, you know, getting back to match fitness. Now, we are doing 10 specials, including uh, a final very special episode that we will tell you about in due course. The first nine are dealing with nine topics we can't believe we haven't discussed so far. Each of us is going to... Uh, Pitch our favourite under a topic, and as before with the specials, these will be going to you to vote on uh, as to what goes into our Hall of Fame. Also, we have all the usual correspondence. We've got a lot of correspondence to catch up with. As well as finding out what we've been up to. So what have you been up to? Well, I went to uh, a trendy West End nightclub that was big in the 90s, Marlon Harewood and Colton Cole. It was, of course, China White's. Wow, what was that like? And it's really changed. There was a contestant from Love Island in there, which everyone was quite excited about. What were Colton and uh, Marlon Howard like? Yeah, lovely chaps, lovely chaps. But as Michael would say, his catchphrase, not 90s. (laughs) So 
<laughs> if you hadn't have put that disclaimer in, that was getting, that was getting cut out of the edit. Michael? Well, I, whenever we're on a break, I always like to go on some kind of 90s themed holiday. That's our dedicated answer yeah. brand. And I actually went on a pilgrimage to the last existing blockbuster video shop in the world. Right. There is one. There is specifically. One, yeah, there's one blockbuster video left in the entire world. There used to be Where's four. That? There were two in Alaska, one in Australia. They've all closed. The last one is in Bend, Oregon, in the United oh, States. Wow. What was it like? It was like being in a time warp. Nothing has changed. Like the iconography is exactly the same. It was like yeah. me when I was like 16, renting from dusk till dawn for like the 12th time. They had, I would say, 40 or 50 copies of every new film. Yeah. None of them had been rented out. But of course they had. I was um, there for an hour. I didn't see one single customer. What other what formats are they available in? Do you, not VHS. Uh, well, <laughs> you'd think not, but <laughs> what? So there's Blu-ray, there's DVD, obviously, and then there was a bin of like X rentals, and I bought a copy of Tin Cup, the Kevin Costner film, <laughs> and, and Rudy for fifty cents each on NTSC VHS, just wow. as souvenirs. But, but fifty cents each. To me, that's that's wasted. <laughs> you sound like you sound like it's a bargain. And bear in mind, I had got I'd taken a flight from uh, LA to a place called Eugene in Oregon, and then I'd got on a Greyhound bus for three hours. No, yeah, what for that? To get to this to get to this shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is madness. Uh, and there was one film. I don't understand. There was, just, there was, why did you do this? <laughs> why not? There was. Just, <laughs> how much? How much time were you away from LA from your holiday? It, all inclusive, it was over two days of my time <gasps> because there's only one bus a day from Eugene to Bend, Oregon so I had to get to Eugene the night before to get the 10am bus there oh and then I could have come back that day but there's no bus back so I had to wait until so the following day So what was Bend, Oregon day. like? So what did you do with your evening? I went to a thrift store went to a bar and had some barbecue and then went back to my hotel so I could get up early for wow. the only bus out of Bend, Oregon the next morning That is astonishing then you got to LA and realised you'd forgotten to uh, return your DVD that you rented <laughs> I had to go all the way back I wonder how they what the, how their business models work and how they're still open do you think there's like they're just racking up late fines from people back in the 90s and actually... <laughs> were you on the records? No, no, I got, I got a membership. I applied for a membership and I had to go and get it the following morning. Did but, you get it? Yeah, I've got the membership card, yeah, yeah. But I've got the impression that a lot of people do that. My membership is probably like a fake tourist membership. I, I don't get the impression a lot of people do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that impression at all. Josh, can you compete with anything as exciting as that? No. What have you been up to? No. I'm a bit annoyed. Just, obviously, we're aware that someone's stolen our idea. Um, Pete, uh, sorry, Oli Gunasolskia. <laughs> He's been talking about 90s football for the last... We've been off air. He's absolutely stolen our shtick. All he talks about is the 90s. He's not moving on. No, come on, Ali. Someone asked him about Colt and Cold, and he said not 90s. <laughs> no, he does it. He refuses to park his car in Sir Alex Ferguson's parking spot. It's astonishing. Because he thinks he's still the boss. Yeah. He'd love this podcast. I wonder if he's listened to the Gary Neville episode. Of course he does. <laughs> We should get him on. But the problem would be he's kind of covered all that ground in main press conferences. <laughs> <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? He loves the 90s more than we do. I know, I know. Uh, right. We've had a lot of good correspondence. Shall we hear it? Yes. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Okay. We've had so much good correspondence that I can't wait to get through all of it in the uh, next uh, 10 episodes. We've been off for, for a few months. So um, I'll start with this one because basically because I'm worried this is going to last so long that we might have to strip it over a couple of episodes. Okay. 
Hi again, Josh, Chris and Michael. I managed to track down my season review of books that my dad and I used to get annually as part of our membership of Manchester United. In the 1993-94 season review book, there are profiles of each of the main 14 players of the double winning season. Listen to Come On Your Reds for the complete list. I've attached screenshots for every player so that you can see what they all picked for their ideal night out, favourite film, etc. Some highlights included the following. However, he's attached the screenshots. So I'm just going to run you through uh, some people. Who would you like to start with? Steve Bruce? Oh, yeah. Okay. Favourite meal? Anything Italian. Favourite TV show? Question time and any sports programmes. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite film? We know this. The Fugitive. <laughs> We've already covered this. He sticks to his story. Is that really? Is that what he said? Yeah, favourite film of 93, 94. Sorry, The Fugitive. Favourite record of 93, 94. Come on, you Reds, Man United. Ideal night out, a candlelit meal for two. Open brackets, with my wife, Janet. Close brackets. <laughs> so all the questions are asked to all of the people, and there's some absolute gold in there. Well, do you want to know what Eric Cantona's favourite meal is? Yes, please. Pasta Primavera. Favourite TV show, Eric Cantona. C- Coronation Street. Football, it's all I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Even in these. Can you imagine them doing, having to go up to him, asking these questions to him, saying football, it's all I understand, and then writing it down. Um, holiday destination, anyone? France. 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 <laughs> and what you'll find is any player that isn't British really follows that pattern. Yeah. Um, Ryan Giggs. Favourite meal? Anything containing pasta. What is this obsession? Mid-90s obsession with yeah, pasta. They love pasta in the 90s. They absolutely <laughs> love pasta. In the- My favourite, though, with Ryan Giggs is his best film of 93, 94, where he's written, hard to decide, a vintage year. <laughs> <laughs> he's like 19 and he's already got a vintage year for film. That's the highlight with Ryan Giggs. Uh... By the way, uh, he's the only person who didn't choose Come On Your Reds as his favourite oh, series. Can we try and guess? I don't know if you'll get it. It's The Chronic by Dr. Dre. I def- really? I definitely That's, wouldn't have got that. I never would have put that down. Mark Hughes' favourite food. Not a Sunday roast, but a good Sunday roast. <laughs> Not even a great Sunday <laughs> roast. Not even a great Sunday roast. <laughs> and um, ideal holiday for Mark Hughes, Back to the Valleys. Course. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> There's no way that that's Mark Hughes' ideal holiday. <laughs> Dennis Owen's favourite holiday destination? Ireland. It's Ireland. <laughs> Andre Kanchelskis, same favourite film as Steve Bruce. Do you think they went to The Fugitive together? Uh, oh. yeah. Or do you think they're in the dressing room? Steve Bruce's like, Andre, you've got to see it. Um, <laughs> he jumps off a waterfall. <laughs> And he jumps off a, tra- a bus that's in the way of a train. Uh, Andre Kunchelski's favourite holiday destination, the USSR? <laughs> no, it's not. It's Spain. Oh, yes. Uh, Roy Keane, favourite film? Schindler's List. Keep it light, Roy. <laughs> Keep it light. Ideal holiday destination for Roy? Cork. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Is it specifically Cork? Yeah. <laughs> Gary Pallister, favourite film? Aladdin. Oh. <laughs> what a curveball. It was the 90s. The musical. I wonder if he's been to the musical. <laughs> Paul Parker, favourite film? Cool Runnings. Ideal holiday destination? Bit of fun from Paul Parker here. Anywhere I can get a good tan. <laughs> Come on, Paul. <laughs> Lovely, Lovely bit of business from Paul Parker. <laughs> it's an absolute treasure trove, this. Um, Peter Schmeichel, ideal holiday destination? Denmark. 
Favourite film? The Fugitive. It absolutely stormed it in the Old Trafford dressing How did this... Yeah, they must have watched it as a team. Best way to fill his day off, Peter Schmeichel? Staring into space. Oh. I don't know if he means with a telescope or literally <laughs> just looking ahead with a hundred yards there. <laughs> but we have to end with our favourite person, Lee Sharp. The Fugitive. Again, it's a clean sweep almost for The Fugitive. The team were taken out to watch The Fugitive. Some opted for Aladdin on the day. <laughs> it's clear. That picture is clear. Ideal holiday destination. Greece or Blackpool? <laughs> Absolutely love that. If you've got any more footballers that have filled in uh, questionnaires, uh, hello at quicklykevin.com. Thank you to Matt Nichols for that. Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin and sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. And now we always end with a 90s quiz uh, in which Michael sets us a quiz. However, I've come up with my own game for us that we can play every episode of these specials. You two up for it? I'm excited. This is called Do I Like That? Michael, have you got a uh, jingle? Yeah, I'm going to have to now, aren't I? Do I like that? So, the way Do I Like That works is a very simple quiz. It's based on uh, reading those uh, Manchester United answers and players' favourite things. But I've slightly adapted it to, I'm just going to decide who I think is the closest. I'm going to offer you a player and a situation where they're offered a choice. And you need to tell me how they reacted. So, for instance, I'll say to you, Kevin Keegan is at the airport. He hasn't got a book to read on the plane. What? Does he buy from WH Smith? You each pitch to me, and the best one wins, and we'll have it over a series okay. to see who wins. Okay, okay. you ready? Uh, just to clarify, these are fictional scenarios, aren't they? You fictional don't... scenarios. Okay. You have gone with Lee Sharp to Nando's. What does Lee Sharp order in Nando's? <laughs> Michael, for listeners, they have not heard the scenario before, <laughs> they have not been able to revise. Michael. I think Lee Sharp is not a man who likes spicy flavours. I think he is going with a butterfly chicken burger. Yeah. Mango and lime sauce. Oh. Chips without the peri-peri. And a corn on the cob. One of the blandest orders you can imagine. Well, well, can you justify your order? Well, actually, Skull, do yours first. Well, I think Lee Sharp is often seen as quite an exotic mid-90s footballer. However, I think when it comes to taste... I think his his style is quite bland. So here we go. Lee Sharp's going up there. He's going half chicken, yeah, chips, sweet corn. Yeah. He's going for a, a medium sauce. No way. And he's getting a, a halloumi chaser. Oh. And that's that's the little bit of exoticism that Lee Sharp <laughs> represents. He likes grease, as we've learned earlier. <laughs> oh, the halloumi. There we go. So hello. That's the order. Why why do you think he's so bland, Michael? Uh, I, I want to add one thing though. <laughs> yeah. Lee Shop is going up there tonight. He's going, can I have a water? Can I just have a, a water from the tap? Yeah, they give him the cup. He's filling that up with Coke. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Well, the, none, of the, none of those drug rumours are ever free. <laughs> <laughs> He's filling it up with He's Coke. He's filling it up with Coke, paying for water. 
Is it? So I have a follow-up question. Is yeah. it Lee Sharp as a man now, or is this? I mean, yeah, because now those didn't exist in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But is okay. Lee so Sharp as a man now in this universe. It's okay. I might have changed my choices then, if that's the case. Okay. I, I, I think, think he's got a more advanced palate. I think he. Yeah. I think he's he's seen a bit of the world. He's travelled. Yeah. Uh, Chicken livers. <laughs> I think I stick to my main order, but I think to impress whoever he's with, he's getting a side of the hottest wings. A side of the hottest wings. However, imagine however, that. however, what he's done when he's ordered is he's ordered the mildest wings and he said to the, the server, can you just put the little flag in? <laughs> that's, that's super hot. And he just eats them as if they're nothing. And whoever he's with, date, man, woman, who knows, is like, yeah. fucking hell, look at this guy. So there we go. Two potentially libelous orders on behalf of... <laughs> I don't think you can libel people over what someone would order in Nando's. Both very good. Both very good cases. I'm delighted to see that the game works and that you're taking it far too seriously. <laughs> However, based on Lee Sharp's love of the Greek nation, I think the halloumi has won it yes, for Chris yes. 1-0 to Chris yes. Carl. If you have seen Lee Sharp ordering Nando's, uh, do get in touch. Or if you have any questions for Do I Like That that we can all answer, then do send them in. Now, Chris, what's this episode about? This episode is about our favourite computer games of the 90s. Specifically, football-related computer games. Yes. We've Sorry, all picked one. Well. We're going <laughs> to debate them, and then we're going to put them up to the vote on Twitter. And we're also going to ask you at the end of the episode to add in one we may have missed. So there'll be four going into the vote. And then at the end of these... So the vote will go up a day or two after the episode comes out. Go up onto our Twitter. Pitch the one that you think we've missed. And then the four will go to a vote to go into our Hall of Fame. Correct. So, Chris, would you like to start? I would like to start. And I would like to start with some honourable mentions. Now, when, when, we, when we said we were going to do computer games... We were thinking what we're going to do. You two come up with yours. And I thought that yours, yours two that you've selected were actually the only 90s football computer games that were worth talking about. But then I thought about it. I did a bit of research. Honourable mention, FIFA 94. Yeah. The game where you could run away from the referee to avoid getting oh. so good. Wonderful bit of banter. Yeah. <laughs> Very unlikely. I always, always wondered though, was that, was that a bug? Or did a developer uh. do that? Answers on a postcode, hello at quicklykevin.com. ISS 98 was, was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved ISS 98. On ISS 98, I had, I got the Nintendo 64 with Diddy Kong Racing and ISS 98. And yeah. I loved them. And I played them so much. ISS 64, sorry. Uh, and um, ISS 64 was one of the ones where, first commentary ones, where the commentary, the edit wasn't good enough. <laughs> And I can still hear how badly the word Wales was done. So it would go, that's a great win for Wales. <laughs> and, and the Greece one was the opposite. So it would be like, and the score is 1-1 one, one here between Wales and Greece. And it was absolutely mad. I don't know whether they'd like only got one Wales that they hadn't taken. The but if you have a copy of ISO 64 and you could... Um, like play that out and record it I would love to hear those sounds again but in second place it's so close to me so close that I actually said this when I said I was going to do it but I'm, I'm actually paired back on that Michael Owens World League Soccer 1999 I don't know that one I'd never heard of this game it before. was the best game unbelievable gameplay like just to play was an absolute pleasure you could score some unbelievable goals but the best thing about it was the Michael Owens cutscenes that would come along as you won a tournament or when you started oh, the game. Where he talked to you. Michael Owen in his charismatic pomp. 
<laughs> and in fact, someone has uploaded these cutscenes oh, wow. to YouTube. Wow. I couldn't believe it. So what what format was this? What console? It was a PlayStation 1. So you'd what, okay. win the league or whatever, and then Michael Owen. Michael Owen would personally congratulate you on your TV screen. Here's a, here's a flavour of the kind of stuff you'd get. I've got to say as well, pay particular attention to how Michael Owen just appears out and slowly fades up. It's quite like otherworldly, like he's been abducted by aliens. Welcome to Michael Owen's Woolly Soccer 99. Have fun. <laughs> Congratulations, you are now the World League champion. <laughs> So, why have they chosen that take? Like, there is no director in the world. I know it's Michael Owen. I know you're working with, you're not working with Marlon Brando. But there's, there's surely, there's no director in the world that couldn't, couldn't get a better performance out of him than that. Well, you say that, but I think he's so consistent. It's like that helicopter video, the yeah, famous yeah. helicopter video. Like, you look at that and go, there's no way that was the best take. But I think Michael Owen is incapable of any variation in tonal style. It's, it's like, astonishing. It's like, can you do it again, but like be really sad? And it's exactly the same. Can you do it but, again and be elated? It's exactly the same. But like, he, to become good at football, I imagine it's a lot of repetition. Yeah. So like like public speaking, he can, he can only deliver one monotonous yeah. voice. It's so mad. It's so mad. But my winner. And I reckon, as soon as I say this, you probably won't know what it is. But then I will explain it and you will definitely have known it. Tecmo World Cup 1990. Do you think he played that? It's the one that used to get in the backs of pubs in oh, arcades with the, ball, with with the, the joystick, with a joystick, and, and the, the players could run in eight, yeah, in three buttons, like a looping pass, oh, yeah, shot, yeah, yeah. or a pass on the floor. Um, it was amazing. You could only find it at the back of pubs or in Spanish holiday resorts. Yeah, um, and you could only I'd go two or the, three games. The ball losing. would like kick up and down. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, someone has put on YouTube a video of them playing the game, and the sound effects will just take you back to this period of your life. So wonderfully rubbish, but way ahead of his time. I'm sure yeah. this is before sensible soccer. Yeah, the, but the programming on that game, like you, it was impossible to score by the th second or third game. Like, yeah, it didn't yeah. matter what you did, the goalkeeper <laughs> yeah. would stop it because yeah. they just wanted your money. Yeah, the other thing I love about it is the ratio of goal size to player. The ratio is all off. They're like tiny little men playing in a massive <laughs> size goal. Just, the ratios are all over the place. Those such a good game. Early computer games are so good. So there was like Striker and there was one, I had one called International Soccer on the Commodore 64. I would absolutely love to go back and play them and see, because at the time you couldn't believe how good they were. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't think there's, you know, obviously because it was the start of it, there's probably nothing that would feel as dated from the early 90s as a football computer game. Yeah. Feel as feel as distant from what we are experiencing now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you remember Kickoff? Yeah, like, Kickoff's a great example. Yeah. Which was the gameplay I remember being amazing. But I bet if you went back to it now, it would be unplayable. There was one called I had called even though I didn't support them. I had called Manchester United in Europe. I had that. Yeah, I yeah, had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was really? huge. And you just got to play Manu's European campaign. Yeah, because it was after the Cup Winners Cup they released it. It was like the big release. It was awful. The gameplay was dreadful. Oh, I remember thinking game. it was all right. I remember going to uh, my uh, half brothers and they had Manchester United in Europe 
on the spectrum. Yeah. And it was really good. And I wanted it, even though I didn't support Man U. But I had a Commodore 64. So when I got Manchester United in Europe, it was a completely different game. Really? The gameplay was completely different. Ah. It was like top down and theirs was side on. Right. And it was like, it'd just been packaged up. <laughs> Is that a phantom memory? If it's not, that's a very boring thing to have made up. Um, Shall I go next? Because I think go. yours is the most interesting go one. Go for it. I wanted to choose not Championship Manager, which we will come to, uh, because obviously that's what everyone's currently shouting into their uh, headphones. <laughs> I'd like to choose Premier Manager, which was the first... Yeah. Well, I, I, I briefly played a thing called The Manager. Yeah. That is another great example of um, things that would probably be awful if you played now, but at the time felt unbelievable. Premier Manager, if you don't remember, was the first real successful football management simulation. Players had four stats. Handling, which was how good they are at a goalie. Tackling, defender. Passing, midfielder. Shooting, striker. Which is not how football works. <laughs> <laughs> Things you could do. So you couldn't do much with the team. The team bit. But you had to decide which sponsor boards you were going to have around the side of the pitch. See, I, I, I love that stuff. One thing about Football Manager, if you're listening, Miles, is... I want to dictate how much the hot dogs cost in my concession stand. That's, like, theme that's the park, level isn't of it? detail. Yeah. yeah. Do you think any football manager has ever had a sway in which sponsorship boards they're going to go for? I reckon if you went far enough down, some managers at lower, lower league levels definitely have had a say in that kind of stuff. I can't imagine Alex Ferguson going like, hmm, how many sharp boards do we want on traffic this season? <laughs> well, um, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer has actually requested that every sponsorship board is the same as in 1999 this season. <laughs> There was other ones. There was Ultimate Football Manager as well, which where you could like bribe yeah. teams and you could throw games. I don't want that in my... Um, I, I remember that. That was really good. But you could bet against your team or on your team in that game. So yeah. if you got to the end of the season and you already run the league, you just bet against your team and throw the match <laughs> just to get your, your transfer <laughs> revenue up. You could never do that now, could you? <laughs> you imagine you won't get a license for no. any money. <laughs> no. Um... The one last one I'd like to talk about as the also around football manager games was a thing called FIFA Manager that my friend had. And the only memorable thing about FIFA Manager was one of the players, I can't remember his name, someone might remember it, was um, they'd put in his stats wrong so that his pace was out of, I think it was out of 20, was 120 rather than 12. <laughs> and so when you watch the game engine go, he was like 10 times faster than any of the other people on the pitch <laughs> due to this typo. So it was like, because the game engine was based on FIFA, so you'd watch it play it out like that. And yeah. there was this one guy that was 10 times faster than anyone else on earth. <laughs> but Premier Manager was... I think if I was to play that now, it would be one of the kind of most visceral, nostalgic hits I could ever have. Did you play it from... Because I didn't play until Premier Manager 3 on the Amiga. But no, I played a, the first you one. You played the very early ones. Yeah, it was great. It yeah. was really good. I'm sure were I given an Amiga and that now, and a day to myself, I would have a wonderful time. <laughs> Michael. So, we've mentioned Championship Manager. I'm sure we'll come to that again at some point. But for my choice, I'm going to pick what I think is hands down the greatest football game of the 90s and that is sensible world of soccer oh. and i'd like to start with i don't know if you remember the music the theme music because no, yeah, I, I remember sensible soccer and the music and then i went back to like watch some clips and i played the theme tune and i'd forgotten it was one of the first instances where they had put vocals into what? theme music really? i don't remember that. and the moment they played it i knew all, i could remember all the lyrics off the top of my head Oh my god, yeah. 
I'd totally forgotten about this. You're a goals growing superstar hero. But you can't really understand what they're saying. You're a goal scoring superstar hero, and every go, go, go means you're a better man. Says you're the best in the land. Says you're the best in the land. But the first, the first line is you're a goal scoring superstar hero. You let your hair down and play for the fans. Like what does wow, that even mean? What does that even mean? Do you reckon? And that's a very catchy theme. Yeah. Too. Wow, I, I, that is I, astonishing. I, I think that's the Amiga, the Amiga version. If like, uh, I think I had the Mega Drive. I didn't have that. Uh, it yeah, wasn't. Didn't have lyrics. Yeah, I was had that sixteen bit. They yeah. couldn't clear the lyrics on the Mega Drive. <laughs> I had it on the Amiga. I remember, and it was the first version where they broke the pitch down because you could manage on that one, whereas on previous sensible soccer's you just played. So you had like a management career that lasted like 20 years and the game stopped. But the thing is the players didn't age. So if you bought like Baggio straight away, he's obviously sort of 28, well, 27, 28 at the time, he's at his peak. 20 years later, he hasn't diminished at all. So that yeah. five or six years in, your team is unplayable. But I tell you what the problem was with that. There, there was a bug in the game that meant some of your players, their values would drop. Yes, yeah. There was, a, and it used to do my absolute head in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I tell you something about sensible soccer, same with almost every computer game. They've tried to iron it out. It's always the same. It's all about pace. <laughs> you would never choose a player who was good at heading. It was all about having players that were good at speed, control, yeah. finishing up front, yeah. speed, control, passing in midfield, yeah. and speed and... It was all about that. I remember having Carl Viet, and he was unbelievably fast. <laughs> I loved that game. Yeah. Um, Sensible Soccer, which was... A, I used to read a magazine called Amiga Power that was an yeah, amazing magazine. It was like... It's quite, it's quite out there and anarchic. Um, <laughs> took a few pot shots at Amiga format, I can tell you. <laughs> and um, I remember that Sensible Soccer was there. They used to do a yearly thing of the 100 best Amiga games. And that was the best. And then Sensible World Soccer was released. And they gave it 95%. They'd never given more than 94 before. Yeah. And then the following month, they had to write an apology in the magazine. Because they had had so many complaints. Because they'd reviewed it before release and been told the bugs would be fixed. <gasps> oh, yes, I remember this, and they weren't. Yeah, and they yeah. weren't fixed, and it was like... Yeah. But, but I loved it, but there was bugs in it. Yeah, but that that was the first version where tactically, like, they broke the pitch down. No one that I've ever spoken to did this, but you could break the pitch down into a grid, yeah. and you could put the ball in every position on the grid, and yeah. then you could position every single one of your players... <laughs> So that whenever the ball was in an area, you were effectively That's... telling your players, like Mourinho and Luke Shaw. So, so I, I spent the first time... The first I think time he I played, played sensible soccer is where he got the idea. But I spent about four or five hours doing that for my team. And I thought, I'm going to be unplayable. I'm going to yeah. win. Now, have you ever watched like under nines football where yeah. the ball gets kicked and then 20 players just like... <laughs> my team was like that. The opposition team would just chip it over like this sort of circle of doom that I created <laughs> and score. I was sacked by Christmas. <laughs> Um, do you, I want to know I've never understood the sensible world of soccer versus sensible soccer this is the theme I grew up with yeah that's sensible soccer. that's sensible soccer so what, that, this is the first one yeah that's yeah. the one where you sensible can... world of soccer was more you, it's basically sensible soccer with a management element yeah right it was brilliant I loved sensible world of soccer I'd like to publicly um, back Michael's choice <laughs> <laughs> so what you need to do is um Two things. One, go on and now go onto our Twitter and suggest the game we've missed. Now, yeah. you might notice we haven't mentioned Championship Manager 97-98. There's a reason for that. We've decided, um, after the success of Instagramming Tom Crane's Watford game on Championship Manager 97-98, 
that um, we will do a whole episode about that computer game. Tom will be coming in to tell us about his uh, Watford career that he started recently <laughs> that you're also interested in. We'll be discussing everything about the game, all our favourite anecdotes about it, but obviously you're all going to be sitting on great anecdotes. If you've got anything correspondence-wise on Championship Manager 97, 98, the best games, things you missed because of it, relationships that died because of it, your favourite players, your favourite photographs as backgrounds, then email in hello at quicklykevin.com for our Championship Manager 97, 98 special. Now, tomorrow we will be discussing our favourite football TV shows of the 90s, but before we go, Michael, the quiz. Yep, so as always, we end each episode with a 90s football-based quiz. The winner gets to pick which song plays out at the end of the show. Return of a familiar favourite, starting 11. Here's how it works. I'll pick a match from the 90s. Chris and Josh have to pick a player that played in that match. It is a sudden death situation. If you pick someone who didn't play, you're eliminated. If they came on as a sub, then you get to pick again. And Josh, you've recently celebrated your birthday, so I've picked a match from that day. 8th of April, 1998. It's... Leeds United versus Chelsea. Oh, Josh, as a birthday boy, you can go first. I don't know who he played for, but I'm going to go with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank because I get two bites of the cherry. He was at Leeds at that point, correct? Uh, Nigel Martin, correct. Ed De Hoy. Oh, that's a gamble, isn't it? That is a hell of a gamble. And it's incorrect. Oh, who's the Chelsea goalie? Dimitri Kari. Oh, he almost uh, went with him. Oh. So it's goal for the win. Oh, um, 97, 98. I, who would be the banker? I'm thinking Chelsea. I'm going to go with um, Gianfranco Zola. Would be the obvious answer. Correct. Oh, what was Roberto Di Matteo? Yeah, Frank LeBeouf. No, see, neither of those. Tori Andre Flo. Uh, He came on for Zola, so you would have to. I'm not going to lie, Chris, you're making a victory worse than everyone. You get wrong after it. What song are you going to play us out with? Do you know what? I'm a Mega Drive lad, and I will always be a Mega Drive lad. Can I have the Mega Drive theme to Sensible Soccer? You can indeed. Nice. That's it for today. We'll see you Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.